TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Inside the Champion's Mind featuring Dr. Lawrence Tam and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to Inside the Champion's Mind, a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do. I'm Lawrence Tam, co-founder of The Wellness Couch, and my, as always, my Champion Mindset co-host, Marcus Pierce. Welcome to the Inside Champion's Mind live uh, event because we can hear the raindrops <laughs> you happening. You can hear the rain. I am in Melbourne, live from cold and wet Melbourne. Everyone's getting an absolute insight into the uh, the beautiful autumn weather that I am uh, ensconced in as I sit here in a courtyard LT at the library in Clayton, and I am uh, been doing some work today. I'm down here following the recent passing, um, somewhat tragic, of my sister-in-law Renee, who uh, passed away uh, Easter Saturday, and so um, out of the blue, we were getting a plane on Easter Sunday, and. Um, just today for the first time, just getting a, a little bit of work in um, after being with the family for the last couple of days. So so here, here I am, ready to ready to go on another Inside the Champions Mind. Well, uh, you know, Marcus, from um, on behalf of uh, all the people from Inside Champions Mind and, and myself and also everybody from the Wellness Couch, you know, uh, you know, all the best to your family. And so, you know, we're thinking of you, you're on our prayers. Um, but, you know, it's, this is kind of, you know, this is how we roll in uh, Inside Champions Mind. We, Absolutely. We kinda, we just kind of talk about what's raw and what's real uh, on this uh, on, on this podcast. We just don't really have any particular topics. We usually kind of set up. And we just kind of just roll with it. And what's what's on our mind at that time, we just kind of talk about it. So we don't prepare for this usually. We just kind of just roll with it. So uh, Marcus wanted to talk about, you know, what goes on with regards to what's happening in his life right now and how we're dealing with it. So um, why let Marcus introduce this uh, topic. Yeah, well, um, thanks, LT. I think you know, as you were saying, like I think the, the feedback that we get on uh, from you know listeners of the podcast is that they just love how raw this podcast is. It's probably unique on the Wellness Couch, where it's it's probably you know maybe one of a, a few or maybe the only one that really we really do like to bear our souls on this. And I just was saying before we press record that it would feel odd if if we weren't talking about just you know how how you and I have, have dealt with, you know, the, the close people in our lives that have passed away because, you know, I know you've shared it uh, on previous episodes when your father-in-law passed away and it was, uh, or particularly when he suffered the accident at the beach, I think it was Christmas Day and that really did strike a chord with people and, and there was so much power in you sharing that story and, you know, I thought, well, with everything that's going on in my life at the moment, I'm sure people can relate to it. Um, you know, how we deal with death, you know, unexpected, but sometimes not so unexpected. I mean, Renee's, Renee's passing was, um, is a little bit of a mixture between unexpected and, and not unexpected. But, you know, she was 39. She'd been dealing with cancer for a couple of years and the rare form of a kidney cancer and, um, you know, just uh, leaving behind two young kids and obviously her husband, Chris, who's Sarah's brother, uh, absolutely heartbreaking uh, to see people, to grieve and see people so close. But at the same time, there's so much. There is so much power. Like it's incredible how much perspective um, uh, death gives us, and how much more um, connected you you feel to to living, you know, your own life and giving it your best shot, and not um, shying away from the challenges of life. Because um, you know, when I fly down here, you know, with no real notice, you know, you find out one minute and you're looking at flights the next, and it's such a whirlwind. But in many ways, like. It, I wouldn't want it any other way. Like we wouldn't want to be up uh, at home at the moment whilst family was going through um, 
their own grief. And I'm so glad that we're here. In, in Even though that sounds weird, I'm just so glad that we're here to be able to to support everyone. And it just feels so powerful to, you know, strengthen the family unit when when there is a death, which I'm sure you can appreciate given the circumstances that you guys went through um, those years ago. Yeah, you know, it's one of those uh, interesting things about death. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a topic that not many of us like to discuss. Uh, it's a topic that we kind of avoid uh, at all costs, really. Um, it's the, one of our worst fears, I think, as, as a human being. Uh, it's, what's interesting about it is that we all know that that is the inevitable as well mm. you know we all know that the, the time that we have here on earth is limited um there is no um you know we all know that the, the one truth in life is that we're we we live and we die um and uh i can you know the one thing that we don't know is for any of us is when that's going to happen and you know it's always sad to hear when someone passes on um you know whether it be someone close to your family or someone you hear on the news or someone you know you know as a client or, or someone as a friend it's never easy and i don't think it's easy for any of us and it's it's part of that human experience that we all have to go through i think um is that sense of loss and i think you know going back to what we we're discussing in regards to this podcast is that this podcast is about how do you you know not necessarily overcome loss or overcome death it's more about what do you do with it you know I yeah, think how do you really, deal with it yeah, yeah i think it's it's what's really important is that you know death is going to happen to all of us you know you know all of us in the sense that it you you might you you're going to go through it yourself but typically we're not going to mourn for ourselves because we're we're not going to be alive for it to see it yeah. well, i don't know what happens on the other side but at the end of the day someone close to you will pass away and i think it's how you learn to move on with it that's the most critical part and I think the story that you tell yourself or the, 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 the story or the meaning behind that death, um, how you describe it to yourself and what you tell yourself, that's probably the most important thing because, yeah. you know, a lot of, I think the mo- one of the most tragic uh, things that has happened in people's lives, and this is just my opinion, of course, is that when people um, experience death in their family or their friends or someone close to them, they create a meaning that this is a loss in a sense that they have disappeared or they have moved on and and that it's a hole in the heart and a hole in this in an emptiness that never gets filled and that that's a story that's filled inside that person's mind then it's going to be very difficult to fill that space if it's meant to be filled in the first place anyways Mm. and i think you know another story could be written um is that every time i see death for example one of my clients and one of the you know first thing that comes to my mind was um this baby that passed away you know, um, this this uh, this child was born uh, was a client of mine. Um, she asked me to uh, her, her grandmother was a client of mine, and they asked me to come to the hospital and see the child. And um, there was something wrong with the child. They they just didn't know what it was. And we did everything in terms of looked at it and and and, um, and, and just sort of seeing you know did a whole bunch of tests. I even actually remember getting Damien. Uh, to 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 look at the child because it was just something that I haven't seen. There was no reflex, um, uh, and it was just just something odd about it. I just wasn't experienced. I could just I never seen anything. I just wanted a second opinion, and so we done a whole bunch of things. And it turned out that this child had this really rare form um, uh, genetic disorder, and uh, and basically um, the the it could like it, the literally the the longevity of the of the child would have been days or maybe a year or two max wow and because eventually basically the i can't remember the uh, the actual 
you know, quote unquote disease. Um, it was actually oh, this genetic disorder. It was something that uh, uh, something to do as SME, I think. I can't remember. I can't remember what it stands for. But basically, it was a genetic disorder where um, they have they lose control of the muscles, and so sooner or later he was going to lose control of his breathing. Uh, and eventually will pass away. So every day was like an extra special day. And unfortunately, you know, he passed on at about eight weeks, I think. Um, wow. And I remember going to the funeral. It was packed. And, you know, it was just, it was tragic. And, but I remember, you know, thinking to myself, I go, we can kind of just think of this as a tragedy or we can learn from it. And every funeral that I go to, you know, other be, you know, I've been to several clients of mine whose funerals have, you know, have done eulogies and, and I realized that one of the things is that we need to all move on from there. Like we have to kind of, yeah. we can't waste that experience. We have the to people be that to... die. Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say when you said the people that die, they don't want us to um to get stuck in a hole, do they? No, I mean you just know? think about what you would do. Like if you passed on, would you want to, if you came back and you were able to see you know your funeral, just say you were able to watch your own funeral. I don't know. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't want, want people, people to, to be get down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. Be sad that I'm gone. Of course. But, but don't be like, you know, like just go so sad that, that it, it's, it's so tragic that you're going to, you know, you can't move on with your life, you know, yeah. cause yeah, yeah, that's yeah. not the, that's not the legacy that I want to leave behind. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think there's, you know, should be proper mourning for sure. Um, uh, there should be proper, you know, but I, I honestly don't think that any of us wants that, that tragedy. And I think, um, I think I take away from it and going, okay, I, it's a good time for me to reflect, to kind of go, all right, what's actually important in my life? And I think you, you've been, you've been saying that too, Marcus, you know, looking Absolutely. back and going at this time, you actually start to stop and pause and you start to realize like, whoa, okay, you know, this is a time for us to kind of think about the family or what's important. And like, you know, I've been running around like, you know, like a chicken without his head. And now like, it's time to go, whoa, wait a second. Oh, well, Maybe I, mean, I should yeah. to, to take some time and think well, about this. Yeah. We, we were moving house. Uh, we just moved house a week ago. And so we found out about Renee's passing. I think it was four days after we'd moved and, you know, we'd been, we had boxes everywhere. Anyone that's moved house will know, you know, you got boxes everywhere. Everything's everywhere. And it's just so hard to, um, to feel comfortable in your house when you've got stuff everywhere. But holy moly, you know, you want to put it into perspective pretty quickly when you find out that um, someone's life has ended. It's like every single problem that you have is a first world problem. Mm. Um, no matter how tired you are, no matter if you're in the middle of a career crisis or a health crisis or a family crisis, if you're breathing oxygen, if you're here, like everything is just uh, pales into, not insignificance, but just um, you recognize the, the, the beauty and the simplicity of just being able to take a breath or being able to have people around you. Um, it really does make you realize that, you know, life doesn't have to be as complicated as we make it out to be. That's for sure. You know, there's two sides of that. I think one is about, you know, we reckon it makes you realize that we live in a, such a fast-paced world, and we get lost in it. Yeah. Um, and then the unfortunate part, the other side of things too, as well, is that we stop and pause for a little while, and that might be a day, might be a week, might be a month, but we eventually kind of get back into normal um, lives, and you know, things kind of just go by, which is kind of sad when you think about it. But some people don't, but a lot of us just kind of move back into our lives. And I think it's once in a while is to appreciate the beauty. Um, you know, like you're, you know, standing in the rain right now and you're looking at the rain. You can probably hear it. It's it's bucketing. Yeah, it's bucketing. (laughs) But at the same time, like when's the last time any of us actually sat down and just watched raindrop and just like watch and appreciate rain? You know, like there's parts, parts of Australia where we sit there and like wish it would rain, you know, 
once in a year. You know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, and yet we just like, you know, some of us are complaining about the rain. And I mean, on Easter Saturday on, uh, you know, that day it was pouring rain in Sydney. I, I don't, I think I've seen more rain in that one day than I had in all, all my whole year in Perth, you know, like uh, in one year. And I just, you know, I haven't seen rain like that in a very, very long time. And you take it for granted um, some of the things that you think might be bad. But it, all of this, I think death, like I said, puts it back into perspective. You know, I... You know, recently, I was in New York, uh, New York City. Uh, went to see the 9/11 memorial, and um, you know what was really interesting about that was that I clearly remember what happened on 9/11. Um, you Where know, were you? Where were you? I, I was actually at uh, Canadian Memorial Chiropractic College. I was at New Chiropractic College. Um, I was actually preparing for my exam that day. I had a massive entrance exam uh, in my last year, um, which was a big deal that day. That sort of allowed you to kind of go into uh, clinic, I think. And um, I remember that day because it's four days before my wedding, um, and um, you know had you know relatives coming from all over the world, well not all from from England, and had to fly to go to a wedding, and they couldn't make it because of nine eleven. And I I still remember seeing the first plane. I didn't see the first plane, but I saw the news, and I remember seeing the second plane. I, mean, I was watching the news as the second plane hit the second tower, and uh, I remember the panic over. And then you realize that the stress of that exam was like irrelevant you know i yeah. clearly remember writing the exam and we just kind of sat there because we couldn't talk and go like wow this is nothing who cares if i pass yeah. or fail yeah. you know <laughs> like whereas a few hours ago it was like it was the end of the world right and yeah. those things put it back in perspective and it's the first time i would ever been to um i don't know i guess a memorial of any kind that it's the modern day memorial that's something that i actually lived through Yes, it's remember. not like it's not like going to Auschwitz or to one of the things that didn't happen in your generation. That's right. Like that is one of your generation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's it's a weird feeling, and seeing these kids in there and just going like they never lived through that, and you know I actually lived through it and I'm remembering. And but I'm just putting that back in the context. It's just that it means that you know that I'm I'm sure all of us remember 9/11. I'm sure that we put it back in context of like what was happening during that day and and all the days yeah. afterwards, and going man, like life is just too short to live. Yeah. But yet Absolutely. we go back into routine, and this is where the, I think that's where we got to start to think about. We go back into routine very, very regularly, and I think it's important for us to kind of remember, um, to kind of keep that part of us, to kind of appreciate the life that we have, appreciate and stop the the the, and, and appreciate the journey that we're all going through, and also the the things that are um, that are that's surrounding us, the beauty, you know, what we see might be tragedy, but it's actually a, a, a blessing in disguise. Well, LT, this is the absolute essence of this podcast because we talk about leaving your life's legacy. Mm. And I look at Renee's passing and you look at 9-11 and you think of the legacy of every single human life that's ever been lived. You know, in Renee's case, she's got two children for one. I mean, there's a legacy right there. Those children could be the next prime minister, just the next human being to make a difference in the world. You look at 9-11 and the legacy of 9-11 to humanity, you know, in, in terms of what we've been able to, I suppose, um, think about the world and the way that we treat others and just, I suppose, the connection that we have to other human beings. But like you say, if we go back into our daily lives and just forget about the legacy of every human that's gone before us and even our own legacy, then we just then we fall into the minutiae of life. But if we can live our life on a daily basis knowing that every single day that we're alive, we are building towards the legacy that we will leave when we do die. We're all going to die. Hmm. And that's what we talk about is living the life almost as if today's your last day. If I got hit by a bus at the end of the day, I want to know that I'm going to leave a legacy that I'm proud of mm. and that well, I'm really like. 
it's it's going back to that last podcast thing we did. I think it was the last one or the one before we talked about the you know the the per, life purpose lie or whatever we call yes, it. Yes, yes, and right. you know it's leaving that 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 wake. And you know every time someone passes on, and I know it's harsh and it's hard and it's very difficult. And we have to the the hardest part um, I think for a lot of people is moving on from that. And I, I've seen this a lot as a tra- I think it's a tragedy where we can't let go of the death and we hang on to it and mm. and we don't do something with it rather than be empowering us to do something better and leave a stronger and better legacy in life um, we actually uh, just make it disempowering and i think when you make it disempowering i think that's actually where the problem lies because i am sure that the person who passed on would not want you to live a mediocre life and the person that passed on would not want you to be hanging on to that um that reminds and that's me of, whether they're eight weeks of age or 88 years of age yeah it's exactly like I mean I look at those kids right and that's what I mean by the story that's it's whatever story they they put to this death they, they could make a tragic story and then make it their life story that this you know um their the, you know it's whoever their parents passed on and they can make it a good thing or a bad thing and mm. how they make that story up will dictate their life mm. and they will change their life and how they see the world and whether the world is good or bad. And it, that's the hard part when young um, children are, are left behind, I guess, in a way, when parents move on. And, and it reminds me of uh, the other side of things is the death of, of, a, um, of, a, of, of a child. I mean, as a father, you and I both are fathers. Like, I mean, that's one of the, probably the worst thing can ever happen, right? Yeah. It, you know, the death of a child. And I, can only, I, can, I can't even imagine. I don't want to imagine that. But it, it, it's tough. And I remember one of my clients a long time ago, I remember... We, you know, something was just happening that day and I saw him. He was really, really sad and I was talking to him and I could just feel the energy and I said, you know, what's going on? And he goes, you know, it's my anniversary of my son's death. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. I said, what happened? He goes, oh, he was hit by a drunk driver. I said, oh, wow. I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, that's devastating. How long ago? It was like, you know, 15 years ago. And I was like, oh, wow. Man. You know, it was, and it hit me right there. Two things. One, obviously it was a tragic, tragic story. But two, it was, it was also a tragedy because he's held on to it. And he, mm. not that, obviously, it's so sad. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying, you know, you shouldn't forget about your anniversaries and stuff. But you yeah. can tell it wasn't just the anniversary. It was like it literally dragged him. Like it literally caused him to be in a sad, satin state all his whole it was a, life. Yeah, it was a weight on his shoulders. Constantly. Wasn't, yeah, it wasn't it, just yeah. that day. It was like. He was like this continuously. Just that day was worse, yeah. and and it's sad because like those fifteen years could have been you you know th- he could have been able to change something you know some other people like the, the you know the the founders of Mad for example Mother Against Drunk Driver like they took that story of their children yeah. and transformed a whole movement you yeah. know to 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 change something completely different. I'm saying I'm not saying that's right or wrong, and please don't you know judge me for that. I'm just saying that. Well, how we make the, the story that we make up is going to make the the the, uh, the the you know whatever a legacy that we leave behind. Yeah, and we do get to choose the way we deal with loss. Yes, you know we can be the victim or we can be the victor. Like you say, there's Mad. There's I think of Rosemary Batty, whose um, whose son uh, Luke was uh, murdered by his dad, um, and she's now Australian of the Year and has used, I suppose, his his death to actually. Um, raise awareness of domestic violence, you know, not just in Australia, but in uh, on the globe. And she's chosen to, to use her, I suppose, uh, his death for good rather than to create a, like you say, a weight that she can't bear on her shoulders for the rest of her life. Hmm. 
and that's like you say, it, it's, and it's easy for us to say on a podcast, but and much more difficult to do. But if we have that awareness that we can choose to write our own script in any situation, whether it's in grief or whether it's in victory of some kind, then that's that's really what we're talking about, isn't it? That we, well, yeah. as hard as it is, we must take control over our own lives. I, and that's exactly right. Well, well said. I mean, I think that's the key thing is that we have the control, we have the choice, and at any moment to choose how we choose to live. And this is not just in death, but in anything that we do. Um, we can see certain things, and I'm guilty of this just as much as anybody else, right? That we see we see the bad, and we also see the good, and you know, we write stories around that all the time. And one of the key things, I, and I can't remember who, who I learned this from or heard this from, but I think it's powerful. And I think it might be Demartini. When we talked about where, you know, they talk about, you know, living and dying and, and, and saying that if there's a universal law that no, nothing in this universe is ever created or destroyed, right? Mm. We, we know that there's a universal law. There's, there's, there's no spontaneous uh, creation, Right. Mm. Um, there's the, there's a constant amount of energy, and that's constantly not created or destroyed. Then, then basically, death in itself is not the person leaving is not destroyed at all. Like the physical matter will disintegrate um, into and transform into another form. It's of a energy. change of form. That's right. Yeah, it's a change of form. And so yes. you know, if and, and look at this, and it go. And it's one of the most enlightening thing that I've I've heard because when you say when someone has passed passed on, their physical form is no longer with us. However. Yep. Their their spiritual form or their their energy, like that person's energy, has spread, and yeah. and it's it's you know, and it might not spread into one contained unit and one entity. Yeah. It's contained in multiple energy. You know, so for example, like you know, um, you know, if, if if someone has passed on, and if you are actually looking out for it, like if you're the loved one who's actually looking out for this, is that their energy is not destroyed; it's just transformed. Then what if, right? What if you were looking for it, you will end up seeing, right, that there would be their smile or their laughter or their yeah. humor. And they will come about because they, you know, if the world is in balance and the universe is in balance, then they will come back to balance you somewhere, but through another person. Yeah. Well, just, you know, when you say that, I was just, I was um, just standing in the backyard with Chris, I think on Sunday, Renee's uh, husband. And he was just telling me a story that he was, he was sitting in the backyard and he just said to Renee, like, just give me a sign, babe, just show me that you're here. And he was just looking up at the sky and then just – and he was looking up there. I'm not sure how long for, but, you know, uh, just uh, – I'm not sure if it was a dove or a bird or something, but just some beautiful bird just flew across the sky. And and, and it was just – he was so reassured. Mm. You know, he was so reassured despite, you know, the grieving and how hard it would be. I mean, I can't even imagine what it would be like if my Sarah passed away. can't mm. even imagine. Um, but just to, you know, to see him – dealing with this but then being so empowered you know obviously goes through ups and downs like we all would um in such a raw case but like you say things don't change form whether we things do change form whether we like it or not no matter how hard it is if we can hold on to that belief and actually look for it then i think we can feel somewhat empowered through probably one of the hardest processes of of living yeah and it's it that's the thing like you know when you're going through it man like you just feel like you're alone and you, you ask the questions why. And that, that's why the grieving process is so important because we, the, the whole bunch of emotions go up and down. Yeah. And there is, no, um, there is no one way out of it other than just living through it and experiencing through it, mm-hmm. and, you know, which is part of life. Like, I mean, I always, you know, my, one of my fundamental beliefs is that, you know, we are, um, you know, we're, we're, 
you know spiritual beings having a human experience and if we if that's true then the the experience of human experiences it is loss but with loss which is the balance which is of love and for us to appreciate love we also have to have a loss as well and yeah. you know that's the dichotomy how can you actually love experience love if, without the sense of loss and so that yeah. whole balance thing is is such an important thing and you know it is it is although it's hard um it's one of those things that we all have to live through. And, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned um, earlier um, before was, uh, you know, where you haven't actually experienced a close loss in your family um, as of yet. And I wonder how that has affected you in a sense of this, this, in this moment in time and how you've well, been able to deal with it. Yeah. It just, I mean, uh, Renee's passing would be the, I suppose like, yeah, as you said, I was just telling you before we recorded, my grandparents have passed away, uh, but there's something different, isn't there, LT, when, your grandparents pass away at an old age. I think it definitely feels different when someone passes what we would call in society before their time. Even mm. though, again, in, if we were putting our spiritual caps on, we'd say there's no there's no such thing as before our time. The time is just you know it happens when it happens. Um, um, but I think it's it, it's I, d- I definitely feel like every um, person in my life that has passed away has helped me to deal with grief. In, a more empowered manner if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah like i feel that everyone yeah everyone like i've had a cu- i've had a cousin die behind the wheel i think it was on his 21st birthday or close enough to he had a uh, he was epileptic and he had a fit whilst driving i think that's what occurred and it was just heartbreaking but i was young at the time and i think you were saying earlier that you know you had people in your life pass away when you were younger mm-hmm. and maybe going through death when you're a child like seeing seeing the kids in in our greater family unit at this time and their behavior compared to the behavior of the adults Mm. it just blows my mind Mm. in terms of just the emotional attachment for again one of a better term i haven't seen no tears from kids all i've seen is joy and playing and bonding together and you know doing everything together and you know there's only been tears if they've been fighting over the toys Mm. you know um but i definitely feel like every every um death that we experience in our lives is, uh, provides us with an opportunity to grow from it, to learn from it, to to learn how to grieve in our own unique ways. What I find amazing is how every is how different everyone's response to death is. Hmm. Like if I just look within the family dynamic at the moment, you know, you've got yeah, you've just got so many different uh, varieties of behaviour, um, and it's, it's it is like we've been saying in terms of are we the victim, are we the victor, or are we somewhere in between, and some people just want to cry it all out. Some people want to talk it all out. Some people don't want to talk. Some people don't want to cry. And none of them are wrong. Like you're saying earlier, when it happens, like it's so raw, you've just got to ride the roller coaster. Mm. But like and, you also said, at some point, you've got to come out the other side and go, right, yeah. uh, what's my story? I get to choose a script. And what's interesting about that is, you know, it kind of, kind of reminds me of the, the mourning process. And the, the mourning process is, and for grief is, is so different from across religion and also culture. Um, I, I'm kind of split into two cultures in a way, right? So I grew up in the Western world. I grew up in Canada my entire life. Um, but I lived in Hong Kong for four years. And so, you know, my mom's side is very, my mom's side of the family with seven brothers and sisters are very traditional Chinese, like, you know, very, very Chinese oriented type of family. My dad's side of the family, um, although he was born in India, so 
but still not so much. He's the, that side of the family. My all my cousins are very Westernized, you know. And so what's interesting is the, the way we handle as cultures on funerals, because in the Western culture, uh, when we go to funerals, and it's so different here in Australia, right? So Australia yeah. seems to be very casual, uh, not casual, but they they kind of celebrate a little bit of life. But in in Canada, when I grew up, um, our funerals is like you wear black. Like you were yes. you know, as many black as possible. I didn't find that so much here uh, in Australia. I don't know if that's true. You can correct me if I'm wrong. But, you know, when I grew up, it was always about black and wearing black because that's the color of somber and it just being, you know, in grief. However, in the Chinese culture, my Chinese culture, um, and for my, when my grandfather passed away or, you know, um, their, their culture is that they dress in white, which is the complete opposite. Right. Yeah. You know, wow. You know, where white is usually traditionally known in the culture of Western society is you know for weddings and stuff. When in yeah. in our in my culture for Chinese culture, well, maybe not religion or whatever, they dress in all white. And if you notice that in the Western culture is very, uh, and well, in Canada anyways, in North America, it's very silent. It's very somber, quietness, right, stillness. Yes. Yes. Um, but yet they're larger than life in during the, when they're alive. Whereas if you look at the Chinese culture, we're very quiet people typically, you know, as a culture. We're very, very yeah. silent and very, you know, yeah. we, don't, we don't talk a lot. But during death, during funerals, oh, my God, it, is, it, was, <laughs> it was the most eye-opening uh, experience I ever had. They were just bawling. Just think about, like, one person bawling their eyes out, like, screaming, like, yelling, <laughs> right, top of their lungs, right? And multiply that by all the aunts and uncles that I knew. Like just begging, so, like, why is this going so, on? Okay, then. So th- this is not tongue-in-cheek. Is there like a social expectation that in the Chinese culture when someone dies, you are expected to howl and let it all out? I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe. I would maybe. suck at that. I would absolutely suck at that. It, it is very different. And, and this, this actually, this, uh, this broad uh, this all brought back to me because of uh, the tragedy that we've re- had recently in the last couple of years. If you notice the the Malaysian airline um, planes who crashed um, over the last couple, you know, over the last year or so. Um, if you looked at the news and how the parents and how the the relatives reacted to the plane crash, um, that's what happened. They were more, they were screaming and yelling, yeah. and that's the culture. The Asian culture is about I don't know. It's like screaming to death. It's like we have to mourn for you to go. Don't go. It's almost like it's such a tragedy. Whereas the Western culture is like it's a much yeah. a, much quieter, it's somber moment, yeah. which is weird. And yet it, it, I I thought that was so unusual. It's almost like they've held back. Their, I don't know. I'm just making judgment yeah. here. Yeah. They held back our our speech <laughs> of our whole entire life, and so we let it all out when, when during death or something. But you know, and and so I guess the the point of the matter is that. It doesn't really matter how you celebrate death or, or not celebrate mm. death, but like to mourn for death and, and go through the grieving process. We all have our own way, but realize, I think it's important here is that we realize that that, that way we deal with it is learned or it's, it's taught by society or by the people closest to us of how to act in those circumstances. And I think it's important to go about what you said, Mark, is that we have a choice and how we mourn for that person next, you know, the person next to us might be more in a different way compared to you. If that person's way of mourning, it doesn't serve you or doesn't empower you. Then I think you have a choice to choose something different. That's all I'm, yeah. I guess, I guess I'm what I'm trying to say. Cause yeah, I think yeah, it's yeah, you've to got it. You've right got story. to know your own. You've got to know your own. Exactly. You've got to know your own way to deal with it. And don't, don't worry if yours is completely different. Like for me, I don't generally tend to cry um so much like when my nana passed away i felt like i really wanted 
to cry, but I didn't really cry. But uh, my wife, Sarah, she'll cry. Like, and neither's right or wrong, you know, and the, it's just different. And like you say, the East and the West do it very differently. And I think that's a really good, I suppose, takeaway for our listeners is, um, you know, when it comes up and it is inevitable, there will be death and it will be close to you and it, it hasn't been in the past, it will be in the future. But there's no right or wrong way to to cope with it. What we're probably suggesting is but there is the ability to create the script or create our own identity around the um, the events that happen in our life, both good and bad. Yeah, that's great. And Thanks for allowing me to get all this out, out to you. It's been, it's been beautiful. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been great. And I'm sure our listeners uh, appreciate it as well. And uh, like I said, I'm sure at the beginning of the podcast, uh, I'm sure our listeners are, are uh, have their prayers um, with you and your family. And, um, you know, we're there for you. And uh, anytime you need us, we're always there for you. So, guys, go to our Facebook page. Go to facebook.com slash inside champs mine. You know, comment there. Um, go to wellnesscouch.com and check us out in the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and, you know, download us and leave us a comment. We always uh, would love to hear, you know, feedbacks on how what yeah. we're doing. And, and, and let us know how you deal with grief i think that's a good one because you shared a few lt like just the way you've experienced it as well as have i but i'd love to know how others um mm. deal with it because so many people do it differently that's right i love to hear it too because i'll love to get a different perspective and um and to hear different people's perspective because i'm sure i can learn a lot too as well from other people so guys um you know for marcus and i this is inside the champion's mind a show dedicated to helping you overcome mediocrity in the pursuit of being world-class in anything that you do i'm Lawrence tam he's marcus pierce see you on the next episode this has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.